Welcome back to the Dogs of War podcast. It is so great to have you as always. This episode is brought to you by Zabo Apparel Company. You need some warm clothing for the fall and winter coming up? I know you do. Get some with your favorite Cleveland team on it. They're Cleveland-based. They're veteran-owned. Check them out. S-Z-A-B-O-Apparel.com. This episode, Raleigh and I discuss the victory last Thursday night over Little Brother. I mean the Cincinnati Bengals. We then bring on Denton Day. Denton is with Hogshaven.com, which is a monster site for the Washington football team. He also hosts the Pigpen podcast about the Washington football team. We get his insight and what to expect for the game against them this Sunday. Let's get into it. Here we go. Welcome back. Welcome back to the first post-Browns win game of the year. Excuse me, podcast episode of the year. Sweet Kevin. Glory be. Victory Friday was incredible last week. Hope all you had a great Victory Friday as well. Today is Wednesday, September 23rd. If you're listening to this on the day, it's coming out. And boy, I got to tell you, a Sunday without a Browns game on, is even though we're only two weeks through each end of the season, it's incredible being able to watch the rest of the slate, knowing you don't have to worry about a Browns game. Dude, I, it got me pumped up for the bye, the bye week. Yes, week nine, I think. Oh, dude, I golfed. We, yeah, no, we got we have a hell of a lot between now and then, so I can't even think about that right now. I'm, but, I'm just saying, I'm looking forward to it. That's all I'm saying. How about that Bengals game? How about that Bengals game? That dude. They looked so much. It was night and day how much better they looked. But gauging the team right now, that's about as hard as it is to do. They may have played, this is, this is not my own thought, but a bunch of sports analyst guys have said, they may have played the toughest and the weakest team in the NFL in weeks one and two in between the Ravens and the Bengals. They got their asses kicked against the Ravens. They looked good against the Bengals, but... It was just nice to see. I feel like it was a confidence booster for those guys at both sides of the ball, mostly on the offense side of the ball because the defense is still in trouble. But it just looked so much goddamn better. That pass to OBJ, that was great. I agree with you. I said the same thing in the interview we're about to play. That that's what I've been hearing everyone saying too on the Twitter machine, on blogs and whatnot, is that. People are asking, what kind of team is this? What are we going to expect? And we literally do not know how to gauge it based on what we've seen. Because they, like we've said, have may have already played the best team in the Ravens and the worst team in the Bengals. I do know one thing. I want to celebrate this win. It was great. We did not even want to think about the darkness that would have come had we lost that game and been 0-2 against a rookie quarterback and all that. We do need to – we got we to gotta get this defense figured out. You know, we, we gave up 1,000 points to the Ravens and 1,000 points to the, the Bengals. The Ravens, I can understand, but thank God, and we can segue into this. Segue, we got to segue. Praise God. Praise whatever God you, you pray to or whatever – Deity. You do, whatever celebration you want to do, that 
all of our injured <laughs> defensive players came back to practice this week. Mac, Mac Wilson. Mac Wilson, Johnson, Greedy. The cavalry has arrived, thank God. Everything I've been hearing from Cleveland Radio to Twitter is that everyone fully expects them to dress on Sunday. Not too sure if they're going to play much or at all, but that they should be out there on Sunday. And that is such a welcome sight, especially Johnson had a lacerated liver, for God's sakes. We heard that. It was like, all right, we might not see him till November. I thought he was going to die. That's that just, kill people? You, you hear that and you're like, how does that even happen? Mac Wilson, we figured that knee was over with, and that's going to be you know a season-ending surgery, whatever. But uh, he came back out. It's already been four or five weeks already, which is crazy. But he said he's ready to rock in his press conference this week. Greedy, we know what Greedy can do when he stays healthy. It's going to be a great battle internally on the practice field between him and all the other cornerbacks to see who's going to really be going out here now because there's a lot of good – uh, competition in that secondary, thank God. But yeah, and I don't want to get off the, the Bengals game just yet. But I, the fact that those guys are back practicing this week is really uh, softening the blow of what our defense has shown us the first couple weeks here. It, it was a stressful road to get there. Like we did not win until the clock was over. But that Friday was so much goddamn better than the previous Monday. I was hungover both days, but it was so much better. It was a happy hungover. Agreed. My big takeaways right from the jump is Baker came out laser focus. Like he had some serious swag, more than we've seen at least in the last couple of years back to his rookie year. I mean, he came out ready to roll and he went down the, the Bengals had the ball to start. Baker went down to the end of the sideline and just stood there by himself, like just watching them like a hawk. Wanted to see what's going on. I want to see what Burrow does clearly. Uh, OBJ came over to him just to like, you know, joke around or talk to him and Baker just kind of like shoot him away. Just like, and not don't even, if people try to say that there's no drama between them, I'm saying anyone would have come over to him. He would have shoot him away. That's how he's like, I don't want to talk to anybody. I want to watch this, this series right now. So I love that. And then he came out and Oh my God, when he gets out of that pocket, he is a different human being, not just quarterback, different human being. He rolled out. The offense that we brought Stefanski in to mold, we saw, oh my goodness gracious, the tandem two-headed monster that we have running the ball is absolutely insane. Chubba the Hunt. Chubba the Hunt. We should coin that. The best we've had since Mac uh, in those days. Absolutely incredible, and this offense has the potential to be so fun now. We got Hooper got involved. It was so great to see, again, Baker hit Odell for that t- touchdown. But, again, it's just Cincinnati. They're in a rebuilding year. Uh, other takeaways, though, uh, Joe Burrow's a stud. Joe Burrow is going to be good. He is just, he can, as long as he can survive that O-line. Uh, I hope he doesn't get Tim Couched. Yeah, uh, he might get killed uh, in, a, in a football sense a few times more this year because of that offensive line. Um, I hope it doesn't get Tim Couch either, but he's going to be a stud. Maybe not have him passing 60 times a game, uh, but absolute stud. So he's going to be a pain in the ass for another decade plus, unfortunately. But overall, good. Again, we can't dig too much into it. We have absolutely no idea what we're going to be looking like here, but we got some backups coming back in for this defense. Thank God. And we're going to look ahead of this Washington game. It was a great takeaway, Kevin. Now let us segue that takeaway into a giveaway. 
You guys can't see this, but I'm showing Kevin a jersey that was sent to us by a loyal dog of war. Shout out Zach. Uh, yeah, Zach, shout out to Zach. Thank you for the jersey. He sent me a – I guess he bought a bunch of Baker jerseys, sent one to us, said use it as you will. And we're going to take that opportunity to give you guys this jersey. One, I would wear it, but I wear an XL and it's a large. Two, I'll be damned if I'm the one jinxing Baker by wearing his jersey. I love him too much, and I won with the Joe Thomas jersey last week. So we're going to do a giveaway. If you, listening, make a review, a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, iTunes, whatever the hell it's called, and write down a lyric in the review, a lyric, uh, excuse me, a hybrid lyric of either Nickelback, uh, Creed, is another good one. Uh, Let's do Smash Mouth. Oh, yeah, Smash Mouth, good one. Seether, and you make it, and you apply that lyric to the Browns, I don't care how bad it is, just do it. But the best one, the winner of that will get this jersey. You got to figure out how to prove it. Take a screen capture of it and DM Put your Instagram handle in the review. But, yes, five-star review on whatever platform you're listening to this on right now, preferably iTunes. And then in the review, I don't care if you leave a review or not, write your rewritten lyrics like we do on this podcast when we make those songs, shout out Muccio, to any song – from one of those ridiculous bands, like, you know, uh, Nickelback, a Creed, like we've had on this show, and the best one is going to get this brand spanking new white home Baker jersey, size large. All right, so uh, can, can we, when we jump into this interview, in the spirit of Mac Wilson being back, can we play that uh, song, The Mac is Back? I feel like that'd be appropriate. I don't know how else to do it. Let's get into our interview with Denton Day. Denton is a podcast host for Hogs Haven. That is a monster, monster Washington football team website, blog, podcast. Check him out at hogshaven.com. Check him out at Denton underscore day on Twitter. We break down the Ravens. They're off season. This game coming up. Let's roll. We now welcome on Denton Day. Denton is a host of the Pig Pen podcast on the Monster Washington Redskins site, hogshaven.com. He is also the host of In My Opinion podcast weekdays on Sports Map Radio. Is that correct? That's on the radio? Yeah, weekends. I'm Mr. Weekend on Sports Map Radio. That's I already fine. screwed it up. I'm going to let you know what? Denton Day is our guest for the week to talk to us about everything Washington Redskins coming up for this Sunday's game. He has like 10 podcasts. I see there's an ESPNU in his uh, profile as well. The one thing I will say is give him a follow on Twitter at Denton, D-O-E-N-T-O-N underscore day. You can see everything that he writes about the Redskins podcast. But Denton, why don't, uh, first of all, welcome to the Dogs of War podcast. And if you wouldn't mind, maybe you could give the, the radio bit that I screwed up there. <laughs> now, guys, I appreciate you for having me. Yeah, I host uh, weekends on um, uh, Sports Map Radio, formerly known as SB Nation Radio, in my opinion, with Denton Day. And uh, now that the NFL season is here, we do the NFL Rush Show, which means I have to watch 
uh, just about every single game. I have two eyes, and they're all over the place on Sundays. It's a whole lot of fun, though. And then I do a little bit of uh, work with ESPNU Radio at SiriusXM here in D.C. Uh, during the week. So uh, a lot of football goes through uh, my brain f- throughout most of the week. But I'm excited to be here, guys. We've got a fun matchup this weekend. Uh, I'm pumped. We sure do. And I see you got a Maryland pennant on, on your uh, wall there. So are you DMV, born or raised? Or, and then how'd born you get into the raised, radio? DMV, I, I didn't go to Maryland. It was my dream school until you needed like a four or five GPA to get in there where I was from. And your boy was rocking hard with like a 3-1. Um, oh, so Ohio that State went way out the window. Uh, but we, we love Maryland basketball here. There's a couple uh, other ones around here too. But DMV born and raised, man. Uh, so I started kind of like in high school. I started doing YouTube because uh, I always loved sports, right? And I think uh, probably like you guys, at one point in my life, I wanted to go pro. Uh, and then I realized I just wasn't good enough. Um, that's a kind of crippling realization to have. But once I kind of understood that, like the NFL is not for me as I'm like five, six and 120 pounds in high school. Um, so then I was like, well, I still understand sports. Let me just start talking about it. And I've kind of uh, grown and matured a little bit since my high school days with the very like inception of YouTube and uh, somehow landed a gig on a radio station and they're, uh, they're, they like having me on. So I'm, I'm with it. I mean, I think it's a little short-sighted for you to, look at these two Greek godlike bodies that you're talking to right now and say so that we didn't have a yeah. shot at the pro. Yeah, we're not giving up, dude. I've been working <laughs> on the knuckleball. Yeah, there's still a shot we get in the league somehow. I don't it's know still where. a slim shot? It's still there? The hope like, is there? I feel like I could be a sick placeholder. Long snapper. <laughs> Long snapper to be tough. Yeah, hold the balls for the kickers, right? It's all about holding their balls. Yep. <laughs> so let's get into this game we got coming up. Washington football team, and I'm, I'm telling you right now, I'm going to say Redskins unintentionally at least three times in this podcast. Um, I can't even imagine what it's like you guys being actually born or raised fans, how that switch has been. But let's start off with this offseason you guys had. We talk about bringing in a new coach, got a little name change going on. Uh, take us through it. Oh man, it was a roller coaster. Uh, so obviously the name change is kind of like a huge storyline. I have preached for giving at least like a year and a half of grace when it comes to actually calling them Washington football and not Redskins because I've been doing it for 20 plus years. All of the gear still says it. So I need a little bit of time. So I feel you. Uh, I, I still say it all the time. It's taken me a little bit of time, but uh, that was obviously the big thing. Getting Ron Rivera in was huge. Firing Bruce Allen was fantastic because Good Lord almighty, that dude needed to get out of here. Uh, So we had a lot of good, and then we had a lot of bad, because with all the name change stuff, there was controversy around that, of course. Uh, Was it too late? Was it not too late? Uh, Everybody has their own opinion on that. And then you have these Washington Post articles, and some of the stuff we had kind of heard like rumblings about before, uh, especially the stuff with the cheerleaders. Uh, So we had heard about that sort of thing, but we just didn't know how deep it went. So when, when you get one bomb article, And then that kind of settles, the dust settles. And then you get another bomb article. And I think the dust is settled for that. I'm not 100% sure. I think there might still be like lawsuits and stuff going on. Stuff that goes way over my head. But I think we might be out of the clear with some of that stuff. I know a lot of fans wanted the good to come being that Dan Snyder was going to get uh, let go and kind of forced out of his position because we do not like Dan Snyder at all. Uh, That is yet to happen. But it has been a complete roller coaster. And then on top of that, we get this new head coach. And then right before the season starts, he has cancer. He's diagnosed with cancer. And you're like, good God almighty, can we please catch a break? Like I do the national radio show. And as much as I love talking about my team, I only do it when it's bad. And I talked about them way too much this offseason on a national radio show. I just wanted a break. Like I didn't want to talk about the team anymore. 
but I think we're in the clear for the most part. I think uh, we're out of all of the nonsense that happened this offseason. But it was, uh, it was like left and right, just a new story, a new bomb coming every single week. It was a lot. Is there any chance that they keep the name the Washington football team? I, I would say there's a slim chance. Um, and that's with like no inside source or inside knowledge, but I would say there's a slim chance they take it. I, I would prefer to give it like a real name and a real mascot, but I, I like the uniforms. Uh, I like that we're actually back to like real burgundy and gold because for a while it was, it was like kind of burgundy, but it was more of like a, just a darker red. But now we've transitioned back to the real burgundy. Um, I, I would still like, I like, um, the Red Wolves, I'm kind of on that train. I don't know if you guys have seen some of our like rumored names. Uh, Red Wolves is kind of the one that I'm on. But I would say, at least at this point, there is some sort of slim chance that they do keep it at just Washington football team. If you go to, if you look overseas to the European football, soccer, if you will, they're all FC Barcelona or Manchester United. They're never the Birmingham bombers or anything there's no mascots and then you look at it and you're like well we are all adults watching other adults play maybe they just keep a city name and it's kind of cool kind of badass washington football team united or something i don't know could be the only team in the league without a like who gives a shit about the jaguars you know what i mean don't get me wrong the browns are a sick mascot name but everything else I'm not sold on it, and I think Washington football team is kind of cool. But no, I'm with you. I mean, I've seen, like, the designs on some of the shirts. I haven't yet gotten one, but I've seen the designs, and I rock with them. I'm not, like, a huge soccer guy, but I see where you're going there, and I kind of do dig it. Did I see the Red Tails are an option, too? Yeah, that, that was that one that was looks, thrown around. And Red Tails, for those of you that are not in the loop here, Red Tails are an old squadron of fighter pilots. That's the, it. The Tuskegee Airmen in World War II, they were a black – unit that protected they were essentially escort fighters it's a pretty inspiring story i think the movies on it were i'll leave my movie opinion out the story is badass look it up check out a history book look at us helping people get, become more cultured well, the yeah and there's like ties to dc from yeah, like that group yeah. was from dc so there's like real ties to that I was one. I, if, if it's Red Wolves is number one for me, I'd say Red Tails is, is probably the second best option. I would say because there is like actual ties. But uh, I mean, Dan Snyder is still the one in charge, so he's probably going to find a way to screw it up. <laughs> you can get sick bomber jackets, like aviators, like yeah, exactly. You, know, you guys could ball out with that, like nothing before. <laughs> so, needless to say, quite the off season for the Washington Football Team. Looking forward to seeing what we end up actually deciding on for the name. Is there a timeline on that at all? I mean, is there any shots even before the season ends? Or no way. Uh, probably no way for that. I, I would imagine next season would be the absolute earliest just in terms of like getting merchandise um, ready and right. set for it. Um, yeah, next season or the year after that would probably be the best shot. So let's transition from the off season into the preseason, which I guess technically is still the off season, whatever. I want to talk about what expectations did you guys build up and have coming into this season? You draft an absolute monster who we'll get into and Chase Young. You had our other boy from Ohio State, Dwayne Haskins, into his second year. What did you guys say coming into this year is the ceiling and the floor for the Washington football team? So my ceiling for the team at most was seven wins. And with the new coach. And with the new coach. Sorry about that. Yeah, and the new coach. Um, This is at most a a rebuilding year. And that's why you bring Ron Rivera in. Like You don't bring Ron Rivera in to this team with all of the talent uh, that we have here. 
and expect to just go and win the division. This was this was meant to be a rebuild. You want to continue to see Dwayne Haskins progress. We know the defense is good, and that's kind of like it almost hurts a little bit because our defense is unbelievable, and our offense just is nowhere near that. Uh, so you wanted to see Dwayne Haskins progress. I think we see him uh, late stages in the game. He continues to get better and better each week, so that's just something that I've seen. But I thought the ceiling was at most seven wins. We'd be able to steal a couple. I think we saw that week one. We stole one from Philadelphia. Uh, but our, our view of this was this is a rebuild, and it's going to be a bit of a slower rebuild. And if you get your expectations too high – uh, they're going to come crashing down because that's just the reality of the situation. If you want to do a real re- rebuild, you actually have to take it step by step. And then if you do it correctly, you might be able in year two to really take a positive step forward. But this was a rebuilding year at absolute best. When you say rebuild, I'm just thinking of the Spider-Man meme. Like me and Raleigh are the one Spider-Man and you're the other one just staring at each other. Just, just point. Because <laughs> that's just, that's all we've ever known is that word in Cleveland. You guys are one and one, just like the Browns. You came out and took the Eagles down week one and then lost to Arizona uh, this past weekend. So how these expectations change, if at all? What are some things that surprised you? What are some things that it, you know you didn't expect but are loving or not loving now? Uh, well, the defense in week one was awesome. Uh, I mean, it was so much fun to see those guys hit Carson Wentz. I just enjoy watching Carson Wentz get hit uh, anyway. Uh, but to see that defense uh, kind of spring into action after being down 17 nothing, and then their play motivated the offense in week one. Now, granted, I was super hyped after that win. I moderately adjusted expectations. I'm talking Super Bowl or bust. Let's go get tattoos. We're in the- <laughs> Um, yeah, that's us. <laughs> exactly. We're talking right? to good people. <laughs> and then it kind of came back to reality. But we saw in the in the first game, uh, the defense was it's seemingly motivating the offense. They were making big plays and they were putting the offense in good spots and the offense was capitalizing. Uh, that wasn't really the case against Arizona. And Kyler Murray is a very different quarterback uh, than Carson Wentz. But despite the fact that the Cardinals put up 30 points on the defense, I still thought the defense played well. It was just... Uh, they were making stops, they were forcing turnovers, and then the offense was giving the ball right back to Kyler Murray. It's three and outs, it's it's quick punts, it's a couple turnovers, and that stuff is just killer. So I like where our defense is at, but it was very, very clear offensively uh, that if your name is not Terry McLaurin on our roster, you need to be better. But Terry oh. McLaurin, you're another, another Ohio State guy, I would take a bullet for that dude. He is so good. How is your run defense uh, they're great. Uh, they're, they're really are great. The problem is with Kyler Murray. I mean, we kind of talked about this before we jumped on that dude is so elusive. I mean, he's so explosive. He kind of just wiggles his hips and gets out of situations. And, you know, it's like, how did he get out of that? Uh, but in terms of like actually stopping the run, uh, we're going to have some fun this week. I think that that's one of the matchups that I'm looking at Nick Chubb, because Nick Chubb for you guys is a machine. I mean, that dude is next level good. So I'm interested to see how we kind of scheme up and attempt to derail a guy that's been running over defenses uh, really ever since he got into the league. Can't forget about Kareem. Uh, Both of those two have been looking fantastic. I'm trying to figure out a way to describe it. Chubb, when he runs, it doesn't look sexy. Like he runs north-south, it's badass. But Kareem Hunt, there's something about the plays he makes that they just – he'll throw in a six-spin move, and you're like, wow, that looks awesome. Chubb is like rolling a bowling ball down the field, and that's just exactly how he runs and what he looks like. But, then I'm with you. I'm pumped for this matchup because, correct me if I'm wrong, Washington, that's a top-five defensive line. 
Right. Correct. I mean, if you, I don't know how much I was buying the like pro football focus ratings. I take them with a grain of salt, but uh, last week we were the top rated defense. So we allowed 30 points, but our, our defense was still the top rated defense. So the defensive line is really the strength of this group. So it's going to be a battle. I mean, it's, pardon the pun, it's going to be a dogfight at the line of scrimmage and getting our guys to get into the backfield to stop Nick Chubb. Like you said, he runs like a bowling ball. It's a guy whose legs never stop moving. Like he will be being dragged down by four dudes and his legs just don't stop. The man must squat like a thousand pounds. It's unbelievable. So I'm looking forward. That That's one of the ones that's really sticking out. I'm looking forward to it. I don't care if it was football, blog, spotman.com if they if someone has the browns number one in a category i'm riding with that the whole week (laughs) (laughs) if there's a i use pff only to benefit myself mentally like baker (laughs) had the highest qbr rating of any quarterback in week two and i do not know how that came up in that calculation don't get me wrong he played a great game but he also threw a pick i'm like all right Best in the league? Yeah, yeah. PFS, dude. That was from a legit site. That's from a legit site. I want to talk a little bit more about both sides of the ball. I, like you said, I can't wait to see, you know, what Chase Young and the rest of that D-line and your defense, like you said, they are in no way scrubs at all. Uh, And, like, best, best in the league last week, top five right now on paper and for what they've shown so far. So I'm interested to see what our running backs and, you know, then go what your secondary does with OBJ or Weaver, what, what Stefanski does against the monsters you guys have back there. So I kind of want to segue that too into, we talk about Dwayne Haskins. I've been thinking about, you know, Miles Garrett going against him. He's one of the most athletic quarterbacks we faced. So like I said, before we got on here, you know, most of, you know, our base, our big Ohio State football fans, Chase and Dwayne are top 10 of the last decade plus for me as players at Ohio State. Talk about, was there even any other player in mind that you wanted with that draft pick other than Chase Young? And what has that dude done since coming into this team? Oh, no, it, it was Chase Young, and it was only Chase Young. We had several discussions on our site because people were like, we should trade back for Isaiah Simmons. We should trade back for Derek Brown. And those two guys were great players in college, but you were nuts if you were passing up Chase Young. And it was such a rare opportunity because the Bengals were in desperate need of a quarterback because in any other year, in any other situation, that dude goes number one overall. I loved watching the guy in college. And so far through two weeks, which is a short sample size, but through two weeks, uh, he is – like further along than expectations. It like almost doesn't even make sense because we knew he was going to be so good. My bold prediction entering the year uh, was 12 sacks for Chase Young in his rookie year. And so far through two games, he has two and a half. So he's far and away on on pace to hit 12 sacks. Uh, Just the way that he disrupts guys, it's, it's so much fun to watch. Um, like generally speaking, uh, when I watch football, I mean, I love receiver and cornerback play. Like those are the two positions my eyes gravitate towards. Yep. But watching Chase Young, you can just see something this dude that's so talented. And the way that we built up our defensive line, I think really benefits him because you can't quite double team. You double team him. You got John Allen, Deron Payne are coming at your quarterback or Ryan Kerrigan off the other side is coming at your quarterback. So it puts offenses in, in really tight positions. So I've loved what I've seen from Chase Young so far. I haven't bought a jersey from a player that's actually on our team in years. I still wear my Sean Taylor jersey. Uh, but Chase That's Young Brown's, and, pl- Brown's playbook 101 right there. Yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah. I just don't know how long people are going to stay, but yeah. uh, Chase Young and Terry McLaurin are about to have me breaking this rule soon. So I've loved what I've seen from Chase Young so far. You hit the nail on the head is, you know, 
watching Chase Young in college, you knew he was going to be something special. And him coming into the league, as you said, he's so far ahead than what anyone expected him to be his first. I mean, they expected him to be good. But like you said, even that stat line after his first game, it was like, whoa, there's something really special here with this kid. Right. I mean, he's he's lived up to expectations. And I remember watching him in college uh, and just the way that he would – defeat grown men like watching it because i guess in college you're still technically a kid but you're also still a grown man and the way he would just bully grown human beings yep. uh, especially rutgers like i apologize for rutgers even being in the big 10 but he would just <laughs> eat them alive and he's done that to guys in the end like we put him on jason peters who was a great player in this league for a long time they stuck chase young on jason peters against philadelphia and he just bullied the man for the entire four quarters it was fun to watch if you don't get a Chase Young jersey, will you get a Chase Young hairstyle? I you see, I'm grow I'm growing the hair out a little bit. At at one point in my life, I I almost did the dread thing. I'm a little weary about like white dudes doing dreads, but uh, if it if it comes down to it, like I, I'm game. I've changed my hairstyle up so many times throughout the course of my life. I'm I'm not against it. Where where do you see the Washington Football Team thriving? If anywhere, where are they falling short? Where where are you trying to see them develop more? I'm mostly just so we can figure out what the Browns got going for them. But <laughs> so tell me you guys are bad at tight end play. Like Terry McLaurin is thriving. He he got a the better of Patrick Peterson a good amount of times against Arizona. Uh, we talked about the the matchup of our defensive line versus you guys' offensive line and Nick Chubb. Uh, well, the second matchup that I'm really looking forward to because I absolutely love what you guys have on the corner uh, with Denzel Ward. That dude is so much fun to watch. So I'm looking forward to that matchup. In terms of who needs to improve, literally everyone else. Like, literally everybody else can get better. Uh, the offensive line was in shambles. Uh, Dwayne Haskins continues to improve late in games, but the play calling needs to be better in the first half to get him more comfortable. Uh, the run game was better against Arizona, but I'd like to see those guys get more comfortable. Of course, you, you ditch Adrian Peterson like a week and a half before the season. Uh, you're putting some pressure on some guys that haven't necessarily been in that position before. Uh, but literally everyone that's not named Terry McLaurin can get better. He's doing pretty well. Like I'm not, I, There's no critique of Terry McLaurin. He's doing pretty well. Uh, but our wide receiver number two is we don't really have a wide receiver number two. We have a couple different bodies there, but no one's really stepped up and, and grabbed that position. How long does Dwayne Haskins have in Washington for you guys? Understanding that the reason I ask that is because obviously Cleveland has had 50 quarterbacks the last 20 years. <laughs> so we just, you know, I think we got our guy right now for a while. Thank God, finally. But, you know, every year. Knock on wood. Yeah. Um, you guys don't have as bad of a problem as we do. But with Dwayne Haskins coming in as a rookie last year and the second year, you know, rookie quarterback usually regress a little bit historically, at least in our experience. Um, and then with a new coach coming in this year, all these different things coming out, is he getting a kind of a pass for this year and need to take off next year? Or what is the, the temperature and expectations for him and, and kind of the, the window you guys are giving him in Washington? Oh, that really depends on who you ask, because there are some people that are calling for Kyle Allen already, which is just absolutely nuts. That dude lost seven straight games last year. And they're like, yeah, let's put Kyle Allen in a quarterback. It makes zero sense. I'm a huge Dwayne Haskins. Loved the offseason he had. I've loved seeing him kind of build into his personality off the field because I do think that makes a difference in terms of how you play. Uh, the problem is our offensive line is so bad, and he technically hasn't even like really been a full rookie, if that makes sense. I mean, he was a rookie last year, but he played in 11 games, or he played nine games. He's played in 11 total. Like Baker. So he yeah. hasn't even finished a full year yet. He's only started in nine of them. So we're seeing him still learn it and learn the game as he goes. And I think so far, he's done a really good job picking it up. 
there are still some issues as there will be for young quarterbacks. Like young quarterbacks have accuracy issues. No one is perfect right out of college. So I think the, the timetable for Dwayne Haskins is, is a little bit longer than most people seem to think. We do got to remember last year, the coaching staff hated the dude. Like Jay Gruden did not want Dwayne Haskins. I didn't understand why, but he did not want Dwayne Haskins there. Now that Ron Rivera is here, Ron Rivera likes Dwayne Haskins a lot more. So there's a lot more people in his corner. So I'm excited to see him continue to develop. I, I think at the very least, he gets at least two more full years and then we can, we'll have enough tape to decide, all right, is this the guy that we eventually need to pay? Because, you know, the, these quarterback prices are absurd right now. And uh, we'll be able to know at that time, like, all right, is he worth it or is it time to move on? You got that Chase Young contract coming up, not too short or long. Yeah, after exactly. That Everybody on that defensive line needs to get paid at some point. So there's going to be a lot of money getting thrown around. So we've talked about defense, offense. You just talked about, you know, some things in your offense that are good and that are bad. We talked about the favorite matchups we're looking at, you know, Denzel Ward. Again, there's going to be a lot of Ohio State versus Ohio State, so on and so forth this coming game. Where are some other areas of the game on either side of the ball that you see Washington having a big advantage or a monster disadvantage against a Cleveland Browns team? The monster disadvantage right off the cup is Austin Hooper versus the tight end versus our linebackers. Cause our linebacking group is, is by far the weakest part uh, of our defense. And Troy Apke who plays safety for us has not exactly had the best first two weeks. Uh, he's, I was told by somebody that played football for a couple of years, both professionally and collegiately, that teams will game plan for the white safety. And through two weeks of NFL football this year, teams have been game planning for the white safety on our roster. Like it is very apparent they are drawing up plays and they are taking advantage of Troy Appy. So right off the bat, that's what I'm most nervous about on that side of the football. And then on the other side of the football, uh, Miles Garrett versus anybody on our offensive line. We just lost our best player in Brandon Sheriff. He got put on IR. So he's done for at least three to five weeks. Our offensive line does not look good. I do not want Miles Garrett to meet Dwayne Haskins on Sunday, but my fear is that Miles Garrett is going to meet him uh, more than once on Sunday, and I'm really not looking forward to that. Yeah, let's get into some predictions then. Uh, we'll start with our guest, Denton Day. What are we thinking for Sunday here? Oh, that's tight. I I've, I'm one and one so far with predictions because I haven't predicted us to lose yet. Uh, I, I think I'm allowed to do that. I'm not 100% sure. Uh, I, you know, let me throw, let me, before I give you a prediction, let me throw this question back to you. Which version of the Browns is, is more realistic to show up on Sunday? Was it the Browns we saw in week one against the Ravens or is the Browns we saw against the Bengals a more realistic version of what we could see? That is one of the hot questions right now. It's been all over Cleveland radio this morning. I was listening to it. It's been a debate on the Twitter machine and everywhere else. It's because can't answer that because we may have already played the best and the worst team in the NFL. <laughs> the Ravens could be the very best and the Bengals could be the worst. We don't know yet, but I'm hoping for something uh, a little better than what we saw against the Bengals. I don't think the Bengals are our ceiling, uh, but certainly cannot have the defense we had for either one of those games. So I'm thinking a, a little bit of a happy medium. If that's a safe pipsqueak answer, I'm sorry, but I, I literally cannot even gauge this team because of the two sides of the spectrum they've played the first two weeks. For what it's worth, Baltimore was my Super Bowl pick. So I, I think they might be the best team in, in football. So with that in mind, obviously I can't go against my guys. So I'm going to take my squad to win. I do think it's going to be high scoring, though. Uh, so bet the over. Hammer the over. Life is too short to bet the under. Um, True. We'll go 
We'll go, tw- we'll go 28 to 27. Let's get a game-winning field goal because that's, that's the stress that I need in my life, seeing one of the teams make or miss a field goal as we hit quadruple zeros on the scoreboard. I was going to say something like 24-21. I think it's going to be close. Yeah, I mean, Odell Beckham Jr. has historically played very well against us, so I'm not excited to see him again, but thankfully no Josh Norman to motivate the guy anymore, so maybe that will work in our favor. Storm and Norman. I almost forgot. <laughs> so week one, I predicted that the Browns would get blown out by the Ravens. I did that just so I could jinx them into not getting blown out or to maybe pull out a win. Turns out it worked. Uh, so that was partially on me. The second week I predicted the Browns handily beating the Bengals so that I may be in like the, the positive energy, like it sticks. So I'm one for one in that regard. So I'm going to predict the blowout. Hopefully that it continues over with my predictability and my superstitions tie into a victory. That being said, our defense does have a lot of holes, so I, I think Washington is going to put up points. So I'm going to go Browns 73, <laughs> uh, Skins 25. That might be the longest prediction of all time. Like, have you ever, in, in your radio career, have you ever heard a prediction go longer than that one? <laughs> I, I don't think I have, but I, li- I like the 73 mark. I, I like Shout that. out Joe Thomas. Yeah, Joe Thomas. The man lost a ton of weight, but we still rock with Joe Thomas. Then the mic is yours. Any final thoughts? Anything to say about this upcoming bout? Uh, I'm looking forward to it. There's a couple good matchups. If you love great wide receiver and cornerback play, of course, you got to watch Terry McLaurin and Denzel Ward. Uh, I'm expecting that Denzel Ward is going to shadow McLaurin a little bit, sort of what he did similarly for parts of the game against A.J. Green. Uh, I love a good wide receiver corner duel, so I'm looking forward to that. And uh, I guess we'll just have to see who gets to the quarterback more, Miles Garrett or Chase Young. My best guess is both guys are very friendly with the other team's quarterback by the end of the day. I would agree with that the most, 100%. It's going to be I'm, – I'm seeing this as like it's the Chase versus Miles Garrett game for me. <laughs> but I'm looking forward to it. I, we got a good game coming up. Best of luck to you guys. Hopefully there's no injuries on either side. There's been way too many of those lately. But, uh, Denton, thanks again for coming out Dogs War Podcast. Once again, you can find Denton on Twitter – at Denton underscore day. He hosts the Pigpen podcast on Hogshaven. That's hogshaven.com. You can also find him, in my opinion, with Denton Day weekends on Sports Map Radio. Thanks again, sir, and uh, we'll do it again. I appreciate it, guys. Best of luck this weekend. Let's have some fun. Hey, thanks, Denton. Thanks again, Denton, for coming on. Check yeah, him out on Twitter. That did sick. I am very pleased with that. That's our, a radio voice. That's a radio yeah, that voice. That is a radio voice if I ever heard one. That's all from us for this week. We'll be back next week for the next game. we we'll recap this game. Good night, Cleveland.
Should we try? 